Welcome to the JCI Santa Clarita podcast. This is episode number six. We'll be talking about strength finders, and I'm joined by my friend Jenny Ketchpa. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. So Jenny is many things. Uh, she is a longtime Santa Clarita Valley JC member. She is the VP of Talent Engagement for a Southern California business bank. A uh, proud alumna from Valencia High School. Woohoo! Go Vikings! Yeah, you know how I knew that. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so we actually went to high school together. But I don't think we knew each other. At least I didn't know you. I just knew of you. You were popular. I, I wasn't. I was, I was not popular. I, I faked it pretty well, just as I do today. But, and I knew of you as well. But we re uh, reconnected yes. uh, leading up to our 20-year reunion, which was a couple years ago so already. <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your experience with the JCs. I know that... Uh, this chapter in Santa Clarita has been around since, I, I want to say, 99? Eight. So close. Okay, so the yes, same year absolutely. you graduated from, from high school. Um, and you didn't join from the very beginning, but you were one of the uh, original people. So tell me about like when you joined. Yes, so I joined in the summer of 2002. Okay. And I was working and going to school. And my boss at the time was like, Jenny, you should check this out. It seems like it's up your alley. It's all about young people. And I was really excited because I was looking I was looking to meet new people. Um, Tim wasn't my husband just yet, but we were engaged. And we were just looking to kind of expand our social circle and also get involved in the community. So on my boss's recommendation, I went and it forever changed my life. I met incredible people. We got involved in the community. We learned incredible leadership skills. And it just, it really changed my life. It changed my career path. It gave me skills that I needed and didn't even know that I needed. So it was really an incredible incredible journey and i'm so glad that i found it so young a lot of people find the jc's a little bit older uh, and i was yeah. lucky enough i was lucky enough to find them when i was so like i they came to my college graduation and we, it was all before we all had children so it's been a wonderful part of my life for so long so tell me about the the early days of the jc's like when you joined in in 2002 what was the organization like what kind of things did did you guys do no matter what, everything had a social component. So we had a ton of community involvement. We would go and volunteer. We would run incredible community outreach programs, but everything had a social aspect to it. So we had fun. We had fun in what we were doing. We actually have a, a older JC that used to say, if it's not fun, it's done. And it's true. So after every you know event that we would do, there would be that social aspect where we would go and celebrate and have a drink and have fun and just connect. And so I think that's what made it so exciting is, yes, we might have been learning leadership skills or doing a training or volunteering in the community, but there, we were looking forward to it because we were all friends and we got to have such a great time together. Were you guys working on uh, other big events in the community or did you put on your own like JC specific events? Great question. Both. So we've been doing Santa's Helpers since before I came on board, as well as the Brenda Milling Cancer Fund Fight at 5K. So those were our own events that we produced and we helped with other community events as well. So we got involved with events at Single Mothers Outreach, Child and Family Center's Taste of the Town, Michael Hofflin Foundation. So we definitely were really good at partnering with other community organizations. Yeah, so if you want to hear something kind of cool, there's a, a film that I had worked on uh, years ago. I want to say that one there, the writer that you can see the poster for on the, the top left. Uh, we were featured in Santa Clarita Magazine in December of 2005. And... Um, <laughs> I, I know it's coming. I, I, I kept the, the magazine, but uh, I actually have like a full copy of it. And you're right there on the cover. Yes. <laughs> Along with, uh, I think Charlene's in Charlene. there and some other uh, 
Amy Weiss is on there. Cameron Smythe. Cameron Smythe was a founding member of the JCs in 1998. So we would always use him whenever we could for publicity. We'd be like, hey, we can get Cameron involved. And everyone's like, okay, let's get it done. So he's always been so supportive. And we're so happy that he was an original founding member. But yes, we stuck him in a Santa suit and we got the cover of the magazine. Yeah, I I went back and read the article like 15 years after the fact. Because at at the time, it was like, oh, let me just skip to to our, our page. We're pretty proud of that program in 2003 i i chaired santa's helpers and it just it was one of my fondest memories did you uh chair a lot of the programs um D- at different times the, what i okay. love best about the jc's is even if you there's a project that you're really good at it's all about leadership development so you don't share it year after year after year you get to share it once and then ideally you find somebody else to bring along the way it doesn't mean you're not involved in the project or on the committee but rarely did someone share something multiple years in a row it was really about finding the next person to lead it so i did a lot of different programs within the jc's yeah, and uh, I know that you had different leadership positions as well. You were even the chapter president. I was. Probably the my favorite year ever being a JC. Of course. So what were things that you did uh, during your year as, as president? It was it was an incredible year. Debbie, Debbie Holbrook, who mm-hmm. had been the chapter president the year before, like just worked so hard to build a really solid foundation, which really allowed me and my leadership role to kind of take it to that next level. So we had incredible activation. We had, I think it was like over 150 events. Like there was something three nights a week before children, way before children. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And we we went to everything. We traveled. We went to nationals. Later on, we ended up going to an international convention. But in 2006, we did all the national circuit. We competed. We had a really heavy government affairs program. People were just coming out and we had over 100 members. And it was just, it was an incredible, like everybody was active though. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot but we had a lot of fun. How cool. It was really amazing. I looked, I made a really cool scrapbook. Like now we don't scrapbook anymore. We don't print out pictures. I'm really proud of that scrapbook. I kind of want to see it. I'll totally share it with you. It's pretty amazing. Okay. So I've only been a member of this chapter and the JCs as a whole for just over two years now. And it was like our membership was way smaller. It was like maybe, you know, active members. I felt like it was like maybe 15 to 20 people. Uh, We did, all kinds of events, not 150 or anywhere close to that. <laughs> but everything was kind of localized. It wasn't until the last year that we started even communicating, at least as far as I know, with like the state and, yeah. and you know the, the national and the international organization. Uh, you actually had a leadership position in the, at the state level too, Yes, right? I was the vice president of individual development and training one year and then also of community involvement. But individual development and training was my favorite. And then that was when, again, Debbie Holbrook then went on to be state president. Yeah. <laughs> and so I followed her. We're a pretty good team. How cool is that? Yeah, it's a good team. So you worked uh, with the JCs and you were in charge of uh, individual, like personal development. And that's kind of what you do professionally. Yes. So I'd like to hear about that path and well, how, you, how you got there. It re- Honestly, like I said, the JCs and Strength Finders combined together is what completely changed my career. I've been in banking. I've been in banking since I was in college. So I've been in banking since 1998. And I've done just about everything. I was a part-time teller when I went to school and then I managed a couple different offices, but it was always on like the business side. It was never on the human resources side, which I kind of feel like I've always had a natural inclination to. I was a psychology major. So it's kind of like all about human experience. Mm -hmm. And it was through JC's I learned such incredible leadership skills and through taking the strength finders assessment and then just really finding my passion for speaking, for connecting with people, to working with people kind of on a coaching individual level. And so through JC's and all of that, that's when I 
about eight eight years ago, I made a massive career change. I still am with the banking industry, but on the HR side and managing all of our training, leadership development, that would not have been possible had it not been for the JCs. There was a really cool program. I don't know if it's still around, but it allowed me in the JCs to get a certified national trainer status. So if you're interested in training, you're interested in development, you can start out on a local level. You have to go to hours and hours of training, train the trainer, all these really cool programs that JCs offer. So I have been actually training for like 12, 13 years, even though I've only been doing this as a profession for eight years. So I really got my feet wet in the JCs and I was traveling all over the country. I went up to Canada. That was really cool. They brought me, they didn't pay me anything, but they paid my travel expenses, which was awesome. I would do that. Right. It was pretty cool. Hawaii JCs brought me out. It was, it was a really great experience. I trade on the national level. And so I, I knew what I wanted to do professionally. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I said, I can do this. So you're doing a lot of training for for work. You train yes. like other bank uh, professionals and people like within your organization. Yes, we have a very robust leadership program that I wrote. When I came on board, we didn't have any sort of leadership program. So just last year alone, it's four four hour leadership courses, so that one leader can get sixteen hours worth of really good leadership development training. Wow, and and you're still doing training with JCs, obviously. Yes, uh, you're doing one for us uh, next month. Yeah, there's kind of an unwritten rule: if you ask a, an old timer to come back, we always say yes. Oh, how cool! <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, a, uh, it's a good tip to know. Now that I'm ready to age out, I, I wonder <laughs> if I'm going to be on the hook. The same works for events. Like if you ask if to come to an event, we have to say yes. We loved it too. We love it too, but we love to be included. We love to come back. How cool! So the event that we have coming up is on February 25th at the Dr. Diane G. Van Hook uh, University Center at College of the Canyons, and uh, it's a Strength Finders uh, assessment workshop, right? Yes. So Strength Finders, for those that don't know, I've actually got my book here because I did it a couple years Yay. ago. Yay, we'll go. talk about That's your it. strengths. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I don't remember because we, we did this maybe about a year and a half ago. That's like spot on. It says you did it July of 2018. Okay, so you've, yeah, you've got Like exactly stuff. a year and a half ago. Okay, so... One thing I want to ask you about this is because we all take a ton of these tests, right? Like yes. E even uh, unofficial stuff. Like I, I did my Briggs-Myers and I'm an INTP or something like ENFJ. that. Okay. So, so we're not <laughs> similar like, at all. <laughs> no, yeah, that's actually, a good thing. We're not similar and that's I, totally cool. I, I actually don't even remember what all that stuff means. I'm a, I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm... Um, I don't remember which Disney thing I am, but just all these <laughs> tests. What, what is the difference between all those and like our strength finders? Like w what can this tell us that's actually going to be useful in life? I love this question. So first I do want to say I'm a big fan of lots of different assessments. This is my favorite, but I'm not like you can only do one and you can't do all the others. I really think as humans, as people, the more information we have about ourselves, the more we can articulate and share that with other people, the people we work with, the people we live with the better off we are in team dynamics, the better off we are as leaders. So I really say if there's an assessment that speaks to you, take it. Because no matter what, you learn a little bit about yourself or you learn what you don't like or what you do like or what you agree with or sometimes what you don't agree with. Not every assessment is 100%, right? So there might be things you're like, this isn't me. So be able to have that ability to say to somebody, oh, I did this, but this isn't me. It just opens up the line of communications. Okay. So it's we're... not like a horoscope where you look at it and like yeah. almost any one of them is going to apply to you. Correct. And we're... We're really good about making assumptions about other people, what we think that they're good at, what we think they're all about. And 
that's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of these assessments. This particular one, though, I do find there is some incredible data, which I'm happy to share with you because I see that your top strength is analytical. It is. So it's usually like, prove it to me, Jenny. So I have a really cool 60-page scientific report that like only 10 people have ever asked me for. But I'm happy to share it with you. That okay. talks about the science behind specifically strength finders and why it's different, why it's not a personality test. A lot of people think it's a personality test, but there's a lot of incredible scientific data about how Gallup, this incredible organization that specializes in data collection and human engagement and all these incredible things worldwide, Gallup put this together to really say, what do we do best? So a lot of assessments will tell you a little bit more about yourself. This one, very, very specific, very unique to telling you what your talent is. So when we think about it from a talent perspective, we think about somebody like Michael Phelps, right? He's born with natural talent, right? There's no argument about that. He was born with something really incredible, but he doesn't just jump into the pool every day, right? Um, in competition time and just excel. He put time, effort, intention into that. So when we think about that, it's really talent times our investment becomes incredible strength, like near perfect performance. So Michael Phelps born with natural talent, but he's worked that natural talent day after day, year after year to be incredible in his field, in his domain. We all have natural talent, whether or not we choose to use it. So like your natural talent, analytical ideation, input, individualization, and context. Now, when you start to understand what that really means, how do you do that every day? Because when we focus on our talents every day, we're incredible, like we're off the charts, incredibly successful. Those all sound very like data driven. They are. They are. So you want you to go over them for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do that. So analytical is about analyzing. And it could be analyzing data. It could be analyzing programs. But oftentimes a phrase for someone high in analytical will be like, prove it to me. And it's not it's not a negative thing. So you can imagine you and I have very different strengths, which is a good thing. It's complimentary. We want people to be different. We work better as a team. But sometimes our initial reaction when someone's different than us is like, oh, that's bad. So you might be like, Jenny, you're telling me all this, but prove it to me. And I might take that as a, gosh, he doesn't believe me, he doesn't trust me, especially because one of my top strengths is woo, so I want to win you over. Mm. So we could be like, oh. But what I have to recognize is your prove it to me is I'm interested in this. Give me the information because I want to be on your side. So we don't think about it from that perspective. My number one strength is positivity. So a lot of people don't like to look at that as a strength or want to be like, that's that's great, Jenny, but I, I live in that space. And as you know, it's been a kind of a challenging week personally for some family members of mine. I have to live in the positivity. I have to know what's happening and be aware of it. But for my family, I have to think, okay, I'm the positive one here. So what are we going to do to move forward? Ideation, this is all about ideas. So mm. bright, like I always think of like a light bulb, right? This bright, new, incredible idea. So when I think about people high in ideation, it's like, wouldn't it be great if... Like, what if we did this? It's funny. I, I do that a lot. I, I, I'm very much an idea person. I come up with 100 ideas. I don't actually, like, execute 90% of them. I'll tell you who you should partner with to execute. Oh, you actually have a specific suggestion? <laughs> there's, there's people or there's certain strength themes that would be incredible for you to partner with. Is Those a... high in, like, focus. Focus are, like, goal-oriented. They do not take their eye off the prize. Achievers, activator, all of those are like, let's get it done. Okay, so I've got a new idea here that I just came <laughs> up with. The, the Gallup uh, Strength Finders should have like a, a, a an app that's like a, a Gallup uh, Partner Finder where you can kind I of... I love that. Where you can uh, partner up with people that yes. complement your, your strengths. So when I do like team building sessions, I do a really cool grid that shows you where you all line up. And the idea is that your teams are different so that you can understand then where you complement each other. Oftentimes those contrasting themes could either 
disagree because they're not the same, or if they respect and appreciate each other's strengths and talents, then they're off the charts. They're really complimentary and they're a powerful, powerful dynamic. It works the same at home, by the way. Like this is who you are in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you have a spouse, a significant other, children, parents, same thing applies. Oftentimes opposites attract. So they're different than us and we get frustrated. I'm really high in discipline. So it drives everyone in my family crazy because everything's very specific and orderly and there's a system but it's a strength. It makes the house run smoothly, even though everyone's like, you mean I have to clean up again? Yes, that's correct. So what happens if you have people that are uh, very similar? Do, do they often butt heads? Sometimes. Or? There's either a mutual appreciation, so people recognize the talent in somebody else. What's really cool, and the one note you took from our class, which is the prove it to me piece of it, there's 33 million combinations of the top five. So even if I share positivity with somebody, their other strength themes are going to be so different that they themselves are super unique. So I've mentioned it before, but truly nobody is as good as you are at what you do. So while I see it in other people, my positivity is different. I always tell people mine's a very loud positivity, but that's because of my woo and my communication. There are people that are very positive that are much more on the quiet side. So it's neat to recognize it in somebody else, but you're still uniquely different. Okay. All right. Then you have input. So input and ideation together is a really powerful combination. I do have input. So see, we share something. How about that? Yeah. So input is the collection. Oftentimes it could be the collection of data. That's so not me. Uh, the collection of ideas. I feel like sometimes I'm like a human Wikipedia. I have so many notes in my phone, like from travels that I've researched so that if you were like, Jenny, I'm going to Epcot and I want the most epic pub crawl and food crawl ever. I've researched it. I've done it. I've spent hours putting it together. I've probably shared this list with a hundred people wow. because it's okay. the, it's the best. When my friends are traveling. They're like, Oh, we're going here. What restaurant should I go to? Here's my list. That's my input on fire. Your in And I love that. Like I, I get a lot of excitement from that. Your input could be gathering all these different ideas, all these different thoughts, but it's like in our brain, we have all these different tabs. And when someone's like, Corin, I need this. You're like, I've got it right here. Mm -hmm. So that's how input kind of fires. But when you think about input and ideation together, really, really powerful combination. Okay. But yeah, you need a, you need an executor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Individualization that fits right in line with the whole strength philosophy is that we're all uniquely different. And so those high in individualization are able to recognize that immediately and see it's not one size fits all. And that what drives someone else is different than somebody else. So, and that's a really, when you think about it, it's like a natural way of thinking. So when we think about these strengths, it's like a natural inclination. So some people are really natural at seeing data in numbers. Some people are really natural speaking in front of other people. Some people are natural striking up a conversation. It's all these different things that we don't think about. I was working with somebody and she said, I'm so surprised I didn't get an includer in my top five. It's kind of in my middle. She was, I work so hard never to exclude anybody. And I paused to see if she'd catch what she said. And she says, I work so hard. And she does. She's a great includer. She's a leader that's really inclusive, but it's something she does consciously. Whereas people high in includer, like they don't even need to think about it. It just comes very naturally to them that they immediately see if somebody's left out and they're sure to include them. So that's what we want to think about this is it's things that come naturally to us now are we putting time effort intention into it and then you have context so context is the past predicts the future what worked in the past what didn't work we don't want to repeat our same mistakes so somebody might misjudge that right make the wrong assumption and say oh corn you're always in the past and you're like no this didn't work before and i don't want to repeat that mistake and when you think about now you put that in with your analytical and you're like prove it to me how's this going to work why are we changing it now what's the what's the program going forward so it's really powerful when you put those together 
A good partnership is someone with futuristic, right? Because they're looking into the future. You're remembering the past, the things that worked, the things that didn't work. And so you could really partner with someone that has this like vision for the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am always collecting data and thinking about, well, here are the pros and cons. Or should I do this? Or should I do that? And I wish I was one of those people that is, can just like make a decision and like go do it. Like, you know. I really want to know where your deliberative is. That's my number 34 strength. Those high and deliberative make really good decisions, but it takes them a really long time. That's your number 34. That's my number 34. it's like one of your weakest. Yeah, we how... don't call it weakness. Oh, okay. Lesser talent. One of your... <laughs> okay. And how, how many are there in this 34. List? Okay. There's so 34. Number... Okay. And, and, and I do get asked, so we don't focus on our weaknesses. Really, according to Gallup, and I really love this, a weakness is anything that gets in the way of our performance. So deliberative, yeah, might be my number 34, but if it doesn't truly get in the way of my performance, then it's not truly a weakness. And we often like want to focus so much on our weaknesses or the areas that we're not so great at. Here's the deal. I'm never going to be great in deliberative. I'm never going to take a long time to weigh the risks and the pros and the cons. It's not going to happen. And so we put all this time and effort into our lesser talents and we get okay performance, but when we put more time, energy, investment into our top talents, nobody can catch us. We're like off the charts in our areas and our specialties. Okay, so that, that's the idea that when, when you see what your top yes. strengths and your lesser strengths are. Yes, uh, rather, own it. It's about owning it. So rather than focusing on, okay, here's where I need to improve, if you take your top five and really like crush it. Yes. That's where you can be And I successful. do this all the time. And as soon as human gets their 34 report, they go straight to the bottom. Like they're really, because it's, I feel like as a society, we're really fixated on what we don't do so well. Right. Well, because this is what you get when you sign up for the program. Yeah. And, and you got to pay extra to get those, yes. those other ones. So you think that that's kind of the premium feature to find Which out. Which is cool because I only unlocked my 34 this last year. So I've had the same strength profile for 13 years and I've lived in those top five. And it's really only the last, like I said, six months and I figured out what my 34 were and it was a game changer but at the same time it was like I knew that I knew that which was really cool and it, once you unlock your 34 your top 10 to 13 are super predominant so they focus on the top five in the beginning because it's an easy chunk to kind of digest but truly your top 10 11 12 are really who you are and it's really cool to see like your six through 10 because you're gonna be like, oh, that's, that's definitely me. Like for a long time, I was like, I can't believe I didn't get achiever or learner. Like, I feel like those are things that I do all the time, but probably positivity, woo, communication are firing a little bit more heavily. Well, a learner and achiever are in my top 10. So I was like, after all these years, I finally figured it out. T tell me again, when was the first time that you took this? 2003, it was 13 years ago. I think it was like... Well, that was 17 years ago. Oh, no, it had to have been... I don't know when it was, but it was a long time ago. Okay. Maybe it was 2007. It wasn't 2003. It wasn't when I was chapter president. It was after that. Okay. So how many times have you taken? Only once. So, okay. So that, that was my next question because <sighs> uh, I did this a couple of years ago and I, for the, the session that we have coming up on February 25th, I'm going to be there, but should I take the test again or is it better if I bring back my same right, results? I have like kinda... three answers for you. I'm going to give you Jenny's answer. I'm going to give you Gallup's answer. Let's start with Gallup's answer. Okay. Gallup says you take it once and only once. As, like you, as you know, when you take it, it's, it's a really unusual assessment. And the great part is you don't know what it's measuring and you're just answering gut reaction and you're timed and it's very, very specific. And so you can never replicate that moment when you didn't know which you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is if you retake it, you're kind of gaming the system, whether you mean to or not, because you can't unlearn what I've taught you. You can't unlearn that weird assessment when you were like so thrown and you're like, what is this measuring? 
So Gallup really says your first initial is your most accurate. Now, that being said, people change, right? I've I've seen plenty of people take this assessment multiple times and oftentimes your top 10 do not change. What changes is the order. And that's because what am I really focusing on right now? So I'm a lot better communicator than I am today than I was 13, 14, however many years ago I took it. Maybe my communication's higher. I don't know. I don't, I feel like my positivity is always kind of on fire. But when you think about that, there's people that really like to retake the assessment. Debbie, Debbie's mm-hmm. taken it many times. She loves retaking it. It stresses me out. But I always say, do what works for you. If you are really inclined to retake it, then I say do it. Gallup is like once and only once. I, like, just like I said, I'm not married to one assessment. You do what works for you. The more information, knowledge you have, the better. I myself will not retake it. Tim was just asking me this the other night. He goes, do you have any interest in retaking it? And I said, no, I think I would be devastated if my strengths changed because this is, I've, I've really leaned into my strengths uh, so, over these years. So th- that's <laughs> one of the problems that I see with a lot of these assessments is that the idea is to kind of put you in a box, right? It's to say, you are this and you will, you're, you're always going to be a Ravenclaw or you're always, <laughs> sorry, you're a Hufflepuff or something, right? And, you know, you can try to retake it and, and try to, you know, try to game the system as you said. Yeah. But um, that that's kind of, I, I guess that's that says something about you. But it, it kind yeah. of like tra- traps you there. It can. You know, for me, I think that it's really, it's really changed my life to really jump into this and to kind of take that approach. And again, when I saw my top 10, then I was like, oh yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise to me. None of it was a surprise to me. What I found most interesting though, was to after all these years to really go back and look at the detailed pieces of the report that I didn't have access to so many years ago. And I almost feel like it's more me today than it was then, which kind of shows me that those were my natural talents, right? Like, and I put intention. I put it, yeah. intention to it. So I kind of like proved Gallup's point in a weird, in a weird way, in a sense. So it's not that like I would be devastated if I didn't have positivity. I'd be very surprised if I didn't, though, because that is it's my. I don't think about being positive. I wake up every day. That's my natural tendency, my natural inclination. But it was really. I was a very different person. All the, like a truly different person all those years ago. But that report was so me then, and it's even more me now which is just really interesting to me and really intriguing because I've lived my life with intention behind that. And I thought, how do I do this in my regular environment? Well, people that speak publicly or that are trainers, it helps if they're positive. It helps if they try to win the audience over. It helps if they're good at communicating. So all of those things really played nicely into me in my career. Yeah, you you know, the one thing I noticed about that, you said that it didn't really surprise you and the results didn't surprise me either. But I think most people... Uh, like those things that I kind of wish I was, right? Like if oh, it would strengths envy. It, yeah, if it would have <laughs> told me like, hey, you're really likable and uh, always positive, you know. But if it, if those were my results, I'd be like, no, I'm not. Right. So uh, I think that these are things that are like kind of maybe less popular uh, strengths to have. And, and so when no. I got that, I was like, hey, I am that. Thanks for yes. noticing. So we call it strengths envy and. One of the big things that we want to do in our teamwork sessions and in my coaching sessions is it's a philosophy called name it, claim it, aim it. Name your strength, like understanding what your strength is. So first it's what does analytical really mean? You kind of name it, put some words behind it, see some examples where you were successful in your life around it. Then you got to claim it, right? So you got to get rid of that. That strengths. I'm sorry, my hair is going all crazy now. A little bit. No, that's fine. (laughs) And then you got to claim it, right? So 
I've claimed my strengths. But when we talk about, oh gosh, I really wish I was a good communicator. I wish I was really likable, whatever the case may be. But you recognize that's not my natural talent. That doesn't mean you can't use your strengths, your talents to be that way. But it's not a natural way of thinking or being or doing, right? So we claim what we have and we let go of the stuff we don't have, like my deliberative. I'm not going to make great decisions. Uh I'm not going to be, you know, risk averse. It's just... (laughs) who I am. So we let that go. And then we aim it. That's where we actually think about what we do best. And we really put effort and intention behind that and then see what happens. It's, it's really neat. And some people take this and they're like, gosh, this sounds great, but I don't know if this is me. So what I tell them is uh, play in that space a little bit, see what happens. You may have a natural talent that's kind of latent that you're not even using. How cool would it be if you put some effort behind it and you end up being really great in those areas? Yeah. Well, it is a very cool assessment. I'm glad that I did it and I'll be there again. I cannot uh, wait to see your 34. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll unlock it and we'll, we'll see <laughs> what the rest of them are. And I am going to go straight to the bottom of the list and just to kind of be jealous of the, this, my uh, lesser strengths. No, you just got to find a good partner. But uh, yeah, so this is coming up again. It's on February 25th. Yes. At College of the Canyons at the Dr. Diane G. Van yes. University Center. And it's uh, hosted by the Center for Civic Engagement and uh, JCI Santa Clarita. Um, any other information that we need to know? I think it's $10 for JCI members. Um, $25, $25 for non. And if you've already taken the assessment, you don't need to retake it. So you can let the um, workshop people know that you don't have to retake it. You can bring okay. your current results with you. If you want to unlock your 34, there's an upgrade fee. You can do that. You do not have to. And it's a, it's going to be a really dynamic session. I'm really excited. Me too. Cool. Jenny Kejpa, thank you for joining us on this. This is JCI Santa Cruz podcast number six, Strength Finders. Woo-hoo. Thanks for tuning in. My pleasure. <laughs>